Second Chronicles chapter 29. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 29. From verse 1. God wants to speak to our hearts on what is praise. How are we supposed to praise Him? What is acceptable to God and what is not acceptable to God? Even when it comes to praise, what kind of praise God receives and what actually kindles the wrath of God? As a church, we must understand the heart of God before we go into the presence of God. We don't hastily run into the presence of God without preparing ourselves. What is consecration? How are we supposed to be consecrated before God? What is the type of consecration that God expects from us? Now these are the questions that the Spirit of God is bringing before us this morning so that God can answer us, so that we can be better equipped as a church and serve the Lord with the highest praise. So I'm going to read from verse 1 as God has called our church into days of praise, thanksgiving to God. It must be acceptable to God. It must be praises that comes from hearts that are in line with the will of God, the word of God, the ways of God. So as we go into God's word, because the Spirit of the Lord told me, speak to my people on Hezekiah's sacrifice, how he sacrificed, and how his people sacrificed, what was the order in which they sacrificed, and how did they come to the presence of God to sacrifice? Many times, people say, oh, we're going to praise Him. Or they sing a song. You know, or they give an offering. We're praising Him. But is it pleasing to God, or is it kindling God's wrath? It's a question that we must answer. We must answer. We can drive a car at 100 miles an hour and say that, well... I don't know that there was a sign there, 20 miles an hour here, speed limit. It's our duty to check, look for the signs when we drive as to what the speed limit is in that area. Similarly, we cannot say, well, I don't know what God likes, so I just give whatever. No. If we're going to offer something to the king, we better know what the king would receive. If we want to do something for the king, we better know how to go before him, how to offer it to him in order for us to know. We need to get to know the word of God through the spirit of God. I want to emphasize that. We need to know the word of God through the spirit of God. You just take a Bible and sit with commentaries, we can end up even going to hell. We need the Spirit of God to expound the Word of God. Because only the Spirit of God knows the letter 
of the Word of God and the spirit of the Word of God that goes with the letter of the Word of God. We must have the revelation that comes from God Almighty that falls in line with the Scriptures, with the revelation of God that comes from the Holy Word of God. And we must have hearts to obey. And then whatever we do unto God will be pleasing to God. I was not there yesterday during the fasting prayer. I have not been there on Sunday services and I didn't have the opportunity to hear any of those, so I don't know what God has spoken through Pastor Pradeep and God bears witness to that. But this is something that the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to our church this morning and that is the reason why we are here in Second Chronicles chapter 29. So as I'm going to read this chapter, I ask that you prayerfully listen if you're not able to open your Bible if you're driving or if you're getting ready to go to work or if you are able to and not rushing out you're not getting ready if you're not driving then I would highly encourage you to open your Bibles with me so that you can read right along with me making sure that what I'm reading is from the Word of God number one Number two is, you need to read God's word yourself so that it gets into you. Number three is, make sure you hold the word of God with reverence as you read it. And prayerfully read it, saying, God, speak to me. Lord, reveal the mysteries of your scriptures to me so that I can accurately worship you. I can praise you in an acceptable manner. Accurately worship you and praise you in an acceptable manner. Verse 1, Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. As I'm reading this, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me, and he's telling me that the word that God is giving this morning, God will continue that tonight, and during these days of fasting and prayer, God will expound more and more on this, so that we have a thorough knowledge of what is acceptable before God and how to really go before Him and how to bring that which is acceptable before Him and really be a delight to God. The first sentence you really want to focus on that the Spirit of God wants you to focus on is verse 2. Hezekiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. Now there's a comparison that God Almighty is drawing up here. Note this, God compares. If someone says, oh, don't compare me, God does compare. If you look at the Bible, the Bible is full of comparisons. God compares and contrasts 
all throughout the scriptures. He compares the children of Israel with the heathen. In some places he says, even the heathen are better, better than you people. He compares one believer with another believer. He compares the Pharisees' righteousness to the works of unrighteous people. He compares prayers. He compares the prayer of a sinner who goes to the temple and who is honest and who really seeks repentance and forgiveness from God. And he compares that with the prayer of a Pharisee who has outward garment and appearance that looks like he is righteous but inside is filthy rags. God compares all the time. He compares the offerings of God's people. While people were giving, Jesus Christ was standing there and he was looking at everybody's offering. And he was comparing the offering of the rich person who gave a lot with a widow who gave two mites. He compared the hearts of the people who gave. That's where the comparison falls into play. It's not just the external. He looks at the internal. What is acceptable is based on a person's state of heart. If you look at the beginning of time, you see a comparison there. God compares the offering of Cain and Abel. Sacrifice. Two people came. The first sacrifice that we see, besides God sacrificing, to cover Adam and Eve, is the first sacrifice that is documented in the scriptures. There's a comparison taking place there. And within that comparison, there's an acceptance and a rejection over there. We can never say that, well, God accepts everyone. He's never going to reject anyone. That is not scriptural. So when we understand the reality of a person's acceptance before God, we need to have that fear of God. We cannot randomly do things. We cannot do things because, oh, I feel, I like to, I want to, because that's what pleases me. That needs to stop now, this very moment. Because what we bring to God, whether it's a song, whether it's a prayer, whether it's an offering, must be pleasing to God. That means there are requirements set by God. It has to meet that standard. If, you have, if you've written any college papers, you would know. They have rubrics. And when the professor grades, they strictly go by the rubrics. If you have filled out an application form for anything, even for a license, they would have certain documents that you have to submit. You can't just say that, well, I just filled out the application form. I don't submit all the documents. Why should I? I filled out the application form. Now, they are supposed to take it. Try it. It doesn't work in the earthly system. You cannot just submit any paper. 
They'll grade you with a fail. They can give you a C. They can give you a D. But the person who really works hard and checks the rubrics makes sure that he or she has addressed everything that the professor wanted, he gets an A without fail. When it comes to the earthly system, we so meticulously do things, make sure. If they ask for two passport size photos, all make sure you, you give that. If they say, oh, you need to have your bank account, bank statement, you make sure you take a copy of that. If they say, oh, you need to have your phone bill or electric bill, you make sure you have that. When it comes to the things of the world, we make sure that we submit everything properly. How come when it comes to things of God, we just don't care? How come we know how to read the fine print and read the requirements for the things that is important to us, so to speak? But when it comes to things of God, we just don't care. How come we think that God has to accept it anyway? Well, because Jesus is my friend. A lot of times people say, well, he's my friend. If we forget that he's God Almighty, if we forget that he's the maker of heaven and earth, if we forget that reverence that needs to be there for God, if we forget that he is the Lord, and we have forgotten something that's very important, will he regard me? Will he regard you? In order to be a friend of God, we need to be on point with God and He should call us His friend. In order to be a friend of God, we need to be acceptable before God. We need to be pleasing to God. So because God wants us to be His friend, because God wants us to bring the sacrifices of praise, our offerings to Him in an acceptable manner, He has prescribed in his word as to how we should come before his presence. If we care, if we really care about how to live a life that is pleasing to God, we would care to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts this morning. Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father David had done. There's a comparison taking place here. God is comparing what Hezekiah did to what David did. And God says, you know what? Just like David, Hezekiah did everything that is right in the sight of the Lord. Now when you look at this sentence, this sentence is like a topic sentence that God put here to show that whatever he did following this verse was right in the sight of the Lord. May God help our lives to be as such, right in the sight of the Lord. Just like David, when his heart was right before God, David pleased God in everything. Wherever David went, God went. Because David went wherever God wanted him to go would never go without inquiring of the Lord. He had such fear of God. He had such love for God. He had such reverence for God. 
And the light of God was shining through David. That's why David is one of the type of Christ in the Old Testament. May God help our lives to be blameless before Him. Blameless before His appearing. When God compares us, when He takes our lives and He compares our lives with the life of Job, with the life of His dazzling servants, may He say that our lives before God shines just like the lives of His people. The sentence is a sentence of joy from God. Such joy. God is so happy when He says this. When He's comparing, He's comparing with such joy, He's saying, just like David, look at Hezekiah. He did that which was right in the sight of God, just like David. When we walk with God, when our lives are pleasing to God, when God looks at us and when He speaks of us, he will speak with great joy, with great satisfaction, with great hope, with great love. And the Lord will shower His blessing upon His people, upon those whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Hezekiah, the king, when he became the king, he did certain things. And God has written it in His Word, in a way that we can understand, in a way that we can copy. I want to emphasize that again through the Spirit of God. God has written what Hezekiah did through the Spirit of God, in God's Word, so that we can see for ourselves, understand what God's will is, and for us to copy imitate that. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord, God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken Him, have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord, and turned their backs on Him. They have also shut up the doors of the vestibule, put out the lamps, and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he has given them up to trouble, to desolation, and to jeering, as you see with your eyes. For indeed, because of this, our fathers have fallen by the sword, sword, and our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that you should minister to him and burn incense. I want to stop right here, and I want to go back up as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to.
Now, there are a few things that the Holy Spirit is highlighting, He is bringing before us in this morning hour. Hezekiah does certain things in order. As God led him through the prophets as, as to what he should do, Hezekiah listened to the voice of the Lord through the prophets and does certain things in order. When you see Hezekiah understood the condition of his people. Hezekiah understood the condition of his people. They are all there. They are all so-called the people of God. They are all people of God called by God descendants of Abraham. But they've all fallen away. Their fathers have sinned. They understood. Hezekiah understood when he was taught and he was told about the nature of the problem. The problem is your forefathers have sinned. Your fathers have sinned. Look what they have done. Instead of offering a pure sacrifice to the Lord, look how they have desecrated the temple. Look how they have shut the doors of the temple. Look how they have stopped worship. Look what they have done. He was informed. It's very important for us to be informed of our own spiritual state, the spiritual state of our family. It is important to also know the spiritual state of our fathers and our forefathers. It's important to know. That's how generation curse comes into families. Hezekiah was informed of the state, the condition of his nation, of his fathers and his forefathers. Now, once he was informed, Hezekiah listened and he did something about it. He was not someone who said, okay, well, there's no hope. God is mad and that's it. No. Hezekiah was a man after God's heart because he was someone who looked for a solution to get back to the Maker because the Maker wanted the people back to Himself. God always wants us back to Himself. And there may be hindrances. There may be broken bridges, broken walls, broken down doors. Lamps put out. A lot of things that need to be fixed. Without fixing those things, we cannot offer sacrifice. Without fixing that which is broken, whether you broke it or your forefathers broke it, it doesn't matter, it's broken. Now that we know it's broken, what are we doing about it? That's a good question. Are we just saying, well, my dad did this, my granddad did this, my grandma did this, my great-grandma did this, so that's why I am like this. They're all angry people, and that's why I'm, I'm angry. Or they're all bitter people, that's why I'm bitter. Or they're all smoking, so I'm smoking. 
Are we in deception and delusion or are we looking for answers that can come alone from God that will set us free? Jesus said this. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What can set us free? The truth. For that we need to know the truth. In order to know the truth, we need to seek after the truth. Hezekiah was a man who thought after the truth. God sent his truth to him through the prophets, led him as to what he should do. The first thing, the first order of business that he had to take care of was to bring things into order. Whatever is broken needs to be fixed and whatever garbage is there that needs to be taken out. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts this morning. The first order of business in your own temple, your body, your soul, your mind, which is the temple of God, you need to take care of that which is broken. You need to take care of that garbage that is still there. That is the first step to consecration. Cleaning is the first thing one ought to do. First thing is cleansing. Whatever debris need to be taken out, needs to be taken out. Whatever is broken after that needs to be built. How can we offer a sacrifice with garbage in and everything broken? Doors are not fixed. There's no light in there. How can we offer sacrifice of praise? How can we do that? You can't do that. How will God accept that? Think about yourself. Think about your body. How are you using your body? Think about the parts of your body, the members of your body. How are you using your mind? How are you using your eyes? How are you using your mouth? How are you using your hands and your feet? What are you doing with your time? Who do you talk to? What do you entertain yourself with? What do you occupy your mind with? Are you the temple of God? Ask yourself that question. Am I the temple of God? Do I believe in God's word? Does God's word say that I'm the temple of God? Do I believe in that? If so, how is my temple? Am I desecrating it every day? By speaking whatever I want to? Doing whatever I want to? Is it God's temple? Or am I saying that it is not God's temple. If it is not God's temple, then what is it? It has to be God's temple or the temple of demons. There is no middle ground there. Who am I? What am I? Where is God in this picture? This is the question that the Spirit of the Lord is bringing before you. You need to answer that. If you are the temple of God, then how is your temple? Understand this. If you are the temple of God, you are in charge of the temple of God. Cleaning the temple 
maintaining the temple, having lamp in the temple, having oil in that lamp, and having light in that lamp, it is your responsibility before God Almighty. Making sure that the temple doors are locked, the temple doors are in good condition, is your responsibility. Making sure that the lamp is there, it's not put out, which is the word of God, day and night, is your responsibility. Making sure that you don't have any garbage in, what music you listen to, what entertainment you see, who you talk to, how your conversation is. It's your responsibility. What are you bringing into your temple? How are you taking care of your temple? What are you putting in? What are you feeding your body with? How much junk is going in? It is your responsibility. How are you treating your body? Are you honoring it or dishonoring it? How do you clothe yourself? How do you conduct yourself? Is it a temple of God? Or are you prostituting it? That's the question that you have to answer before God is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ is a born-again believer. You say that my body is the temple of God. Does God's word say that you are no longer yours? You are bought with a price. So glorify God with your body and keep your body blameless before the coming of the Lord because it is a temple of God. Hezekiah knew the state of the temple of God. You cannot offer any offering. You cannot offer any sacrifice there unless it is fixed, unless the trash is taken out, unless the temple is repaired and brought to its original state. That means the way it is supposed to be. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Whoso offered praise glorifieth me, but who is that whoso is the question here. Not anyone and everyone. Whoever offered praise in an acceptable manner before God Almighty, they're the ones who glorify Him. Today, on the fifth day of this new month, God wants our church to go through the cleansing that God is looking for in order to offer an acceptable praise before God Almighty. We cannot offer any praise. We cannot offer any offering. It has to be a pure sacrifice to God. And it has to come from a temple that is not broken and it's not having garbage in it. You have gossip, slander, bitterness, angry talk, defiling talk, immoral talk, lewd talk. It's not acceptable for God. You have a lot of garbage in the temple. If the mind is not pure, if the mind is corrupted, with all kinds of things that are out there, 
which belongs to Satan in your temple has Satan's garbage in it. If you want to offer praise to God, if you want to offer sacrifice to God, then it must come from a temple that is fixed. So the first step that the Spirit of the Lord wants to get done, accomplished today, because He wants us to give highest praise. He wants us to have these 21 days of praise. But it cannot come from that which is broken and defiled. And the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our church this morning. As He spoke to the seven churches in Revelation, God is speaking to our church today. There are areas that is grieving the Spirit of God that needs to be taken care of. Check your heart before the Lord God Almighty and see how is your attitude with your spouse? How is your vocabulary with your spouse? Are you putting your spouse down? Are you quick-tempered? Are you not holding your tongue back? Is your tongue like a sharp sword setting things on fire? Are you too proud always thinking that your spouse is dumb, that you're better? These are garbage that is sitting in your temple causing a stench. God is not there. God doesn't even want to face that temple. He says, get that stench out. Get that thing that is causing the stench out. Do you have pride? you think that you're better than everyone? Or you're better than your neighbor? You're better than someone? Seven things the Lord hates and pride is one of them. God sees the proud from far away. Pride is something God hates to the core. God resists the proud. That means he becomes an enemy to the proud people. Well, that's a stench to God in that temple. That needs to be removed. Without that, you cannot offer praise to God. You cannot offer sacrifice to God. It will not be acceptable. I mean, people can do whatever they want to do. But he's not going to receive it. He's not going to receive it. God is speaking to our hearts today. As Hezekiah says here, through the Spirit of God, the forefathers angered God. They kindled the wrath of God because of what they did to the temple of God. And God says the same thing in the New Testament through the Spirit of God. He says, If anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. It's a very scary statement, yet a very true statement that God says. Once you know that you are bought with a price and Jesus Christ lives in that temple, make sure you have that reverence for the temple, which is your body, reverence for God, and know all the time that this is God's house. My body is God's house. What comes out of my mouth, I have to know that. That's a door. What goes through my eyes, that's a door. 
My ears. Those are doors. How do I have my doors broken down? How can I have garbage in and be complacent and call myself a child of God? A temple is a temple. A temple of God. As long as God dwells in the temple. There can be many temples out there. Broken down. You know like when you drive you can see a lot of old broken down barns and old broken down homes. Haunted homes. No one is there. No believer should be like that. But God is not in it. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Clean up your temple. Today being the fifth, clean up your temple. That's the first step. If you want the glory of God to descend in your life, descend upon you, and to be seen in your life, there has to be a change in your attitude. There has to be a change in your mannerisms. You have to decide which way you want to go. You have to decide what you're going to be. Is your temple going to be the temple of God or the temple of demons? It can't be a broken down temple of God with stench in it, with no light there. God is not in it. Once a place becomes a, a place void of God, we know what Jesus said. It can easily become a habitation for all kinds of evil spirits. The lust of the flesh, the lust of pride, lust of the eyes, pride of life, everything will enter in very quickly. And there you will have a self-righteous, hypocritical Christian. White-washed sepulchers, Jesus said. May no one in our church be that way. I did not read this chapter and say, well, this will be good for our church today and I didn't come here. God gave this word, word for word this morning and God bears witness to that. I'm speaking exactly what God wants me to speak. With God's love, with God's compassion, so that the restorative work of God be accomplished. But God wants to cleanse your temple. But He wants to do it through you. He can only do it through you. God wants to cleanse your temple. And you're the one to do that. As Hezekiah was a king, and he was in charge of that temple, for your body, you're the one who's in charge of it. God's word says, whatever we do in our bodies, we will have to give an account to God on the day of judgment. Jesus said this, every idle word that we speak, every idle word that we speak, we will have to give an account to God on the day of judgment. 
We have to be very careful with what we speak, how we speak, who we talk to. When you joke, is it clean? Are you putting someone down while you're joking? Are you watching shows that you think is clean but it's putting other people down? Dishonoring God. May God speak to our hearts today. Jesus, after the glorious time of celebration, the first thing he did was he went to the temple and he cleansed the temple. Without cleansing the temple, there's no ministry there. After he cleansed the temple, then he healed the sick and cast out devils there. And not without doing that. Without cleansing the temple, we cannot offer any sacrifice to God. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our church this morning. Self-examination is essential, not optional. It's essential. As we live in the last few minutes before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, many people we know are no more on the earth. People live today and the next second they are gone. If we close our eyes doing the will of God, it's the most glorious thing. But if we close our eyes, not sure if we have done the will of God, it's the most scariest thing. If we close our eyes with a temple that is desecrated, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. As we are in the presence of God this morning, the Spirit of the Lord is calling our church for a closer walk, which is a real walk with the living God. Everything else is fake. A real walk with the living God is a holy walk. Without holiness, no man can see the Lord. If we don't love one another, then God's love is not perfected in us. If we don't love your spouse, if you don't love your spouse that you can see before your eyes, how can you love God? God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Let there be no root of bitterness. It should not be there in the temple of God. Only a temple that is not kept, that has been neglected, will have these things there. Be watchful. Be responsible. Be a good steward. For the King is coming. He has entrusted your body into your hands. He will come and ask you, what did you do with the body I gave you? What did you do with your eyes? What did you do with your mouth? What did you do with your ears? What did you do with your hands? What did you do with your feet? What did you do with your mind? What did you do with your time? What did you do with the money? What did you do what did you do with the temple I gave you? 
May the Lord do a deeper work in your hearts today. Every believer in our church should have a clear conscience before God. My temple. I did everything before God to clean it. Whatever shouldn't be there, I took it out. Take time today. Take time today. And thoroughly examine yourself. What should be there and what shouldn't be there? What should be repaired? How is your life? How is your prayer life? How is your walk with the Lord? What should be fixed? It's your job. You have to become serious with the things of God. You cannot say, Well, I can't do it. If you can't do it, then God will not do it for you. Your house will become a house that is not inhabited by God, but other spirits can come in. Don't entertain evil thoughts. Don't entertain immoral thoughts, which is evil thoughts. Don't entertain proud thoughts. Don't entertain any thought that is not of God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was God, yet he humbled himself. He took the form of a servant. He carried his cross. He endured it till the end. Therefore, God gave him a name above every other name. He is our role model. He is our hero. Jesus Christ, how he lived, how he died, how he rose again, and how he is living again. He is living to intercede for us, even after he rose again. His whole world is us. How much more we should be? How much more we should be about our Father's business? How much more we should be keen on cleansing your temple? How much more? How much more you should make that your main business? To make sure that there's no dust, no speck there. That the temple of God is kept clean. Pure. For God to move freely there. May God continue to purge our church from everything that is defiling, from every hypocrisy and everything that shouldn't be there. That a sweet praise, a sweet aroma may rise to the throne of God. That will bring down the presence of God and the glory of God filled with the grace and the power of God. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is my desire to honor you, Lord. 
heart with all my heart I worship you all I have within me I give you praise all that I adore is in you Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you alone every breath that I take every moment I'm awake have your way in me Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you alone every breath that I take every moment I'm awake Lord have your way in me Lord have your way in me Lord have your way in me bring out everything bring out everything bring out everything that is unclean bring out everything bring out everything bring out everything that is unclean sweep out everything sweep out everything sweep out everything that is unclean sweep out everything sweep out everything sweep out everything that is unclean purify my heart purify my heart purify purify my heart purify my heart purify my heart purify purify my heart father we thank you lord for this time thank you lord for your presence that is here thank you father for speaking to your people you always speak life you speak life to your people you speak your life to your people when you speak life lord we receive life from you from the mouth of god into our hearts all oh, we thank you father for the spirit of god for the spirit of truth for the spirit of grace all that by your mercy and by your grace oh lord you pour into our hearts and i pray this morning that the same spirit of grace the spirit of truth the spirit of mercy may penetrate into every heart to make your people take the word of god very seriously to make it the main business to cleanse their temple of anything that is there 
If they have to dust the temple furniture, they need to do that. If they have to fix that which is broken, they need to do that. Oh, my Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Spirit of God, candle of the Lord. Through your light, enlighten their spiritual eyes that they may see what needs to be done, O oh Lord, to fix their temple. May they see, Father, the dust that is there. May they see the debris that is there. May they see the brokenness that is there. May they see the stench that is there. Whatever they need to do, Lord, so that their life may become acceptable to you, so that the sacrifice that they need to offer, the praises that they need to offer, may be acceptable before you. May it come from a temple that is fixed and acceptable before God, so God can come there to accept their praises and their sacrifices. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I pray may the Spirit of God continue to minister to your people throughout this day. Oh, my Father, I pray. Do a deeper work, O oh Lord. Turn their hearts towards the living God like never before. My Father, oh, my Father, I pray. Continue to purge your people, cleanse our church all the more of everything that is not of you. Everything that is not of you, I pray. May church be sanctified, O oh God. Be fit for the Master's use. For this I ask in Jesus' name, for your power, for your grace, for your strength to be given to your people, that they may go about their Father's business, cleansing their temples, Lord. Not let them rest. Do not let them rest until their temples are cleansed, O oh Lord. Every temple be cleansed, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Be ready, Lord, so the sacrifice be offered in the name of Jesus. Give them that supernatural insight, supernatural grace and strength, Father, and the zeal, oh, to go after that which is ungodly, to go after that which is unrighteous, to go after that which God hates, to go after that which is not acceptable to God, to go after that which is broken down, so that they may go with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength to fix it, O oh God. So that their temple may become a place where they can offer sacrifice to the living God. Thank you, Lord, I praise you. As a servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God. Bless your people, Lord, this morning. With your blessing that you alone can bless them with, that they may go from faith to faith, that they may increase in holiness, that they may grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that their lives, O oh Lord, may be conformed to the standards of the living God, that their lives may be pleasing to our Father all through this day. May their steps be guarded by our Savior. I pray, their hearts, O oh Lord, be diligent to please the Master. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.